Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and so when I say hello, 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 I'm just imagining RuPaul. Nice. Yeah. I still haven't watched it. Oh, my gosh. You need to. I need to. I'm caught up on the Americans right now. I'm re-watching the Americans. Oh, I don't think I've ever it's heard about of KGB, that. Russian KGB spies oh. in the 1980s. Nice. Nice. Fun, fun, fun. It's interesting. Um. Anywho, what you got for us today? Oh, I'm Savannah. And I'm Alicia. And this is Burden of Proof. All right. Today, I have the rest area killer. The rest area killer. Mm-hmm. Like a truck stop rest area? Yes. Okay. It's not what I heard earlier when you, you mentioned it to me. Oh, oh. I thought it was like one word, like a place, like rest oh, area. No, no. <laughs> no. So I was. Rest area. Rest area. Yes. So his real name is Donald Leroy Evans. Yes, I have heard of him. Okay. So the whole rest area killer thing didn't really fully take hold because of the lack of evidence that he actually was involved in as many killings as he claims to have been. He's a big fat liar. Yeah. So we'll get into that, though. All right. So first, we're going to start at the beginning. We're going to go over what... What little we know about his childhood, but I'm going to be honest, we don't actually know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Donald Leroy Evans, also known as the Rest Area Killer, was born July 5th, 1957. We know very little about his childhood because what is known about him came from a court-ordered psychiatric evaluation So it's hard to say how much of it is true, especially given that he had proven himself uh, to be a fairly decent con man most of his adult life. But supposedly, he was born and raised in Michigan with a family of nine children and an alcoholic mother who was abusive. He dropped out of school in ninth grade after his parents divorced and went on to spend his teenage years as one would imagine, committing petty crimes and using drugs. Woohoo! At 16, he claimed that he had attempted suicide by mixing roach poison in with his drugs, and he was hospitalized, though he claimed he talked his way out of it within two weeks. Okay. So, just as many psychologically unstable young men of the time who wanted to get away from home, he decided to... Join the circus. I'll give you three guesses. Okay. Join the circus, join the army. Close. What's the... Truck driver? What is the the one service that we've discussed? The Marine Corps. Yes. <laughs> he joined the Marine Corps. A spokesman for the Marine Corps confirmed that Donald joined them in San Antonio, Texas on September 30th, 1975, and was discharged just shy of of a year later. After boot camp, Donald completed infantry training school in California and then was stationed in Okinawa, Japan. Delightful. While there, he was assigned to a correctional custody platoon which the spokesman told reporters because he was a whacked-out jerk. Oh. <laughs> That's a quote. He's quote. a whacked-out jerk. From what, from what he read in 
the file in uh, Evans, Donald Evans' file, he was a whacked out jerk because the correctional custody platoon was for those who were troubled Hmm. or, you know. Yeah. So they said, we'll put you there. Yeah. So Donald was eventually transferred back to the U.S. and records show him listed as a patient, not a soldier, from July 14th, 1976 until his discharge on September 2nd, 1976 for having, quote, a paranoid personality. All right. So there you go. There you have it, folks. So he start he joined September 30th of 1975 and he made it until July of the following year. So like nine-ish months. Yeah. No one knows exactly where Donald went from there. It's believed he was a drifter for several years using aliases along the way. Okay. Again, committing petty crimes. Um, there's some references to gambling. He would take odd, you know, jobs here yeah. and there that he could. There were records found on him for psychiatric care, both in Illinois and Michigan between 1978 and 1979. And eventually he landed in the t- city of Galveston, Texas. Okay. Now, the first record of him in Galveston was an arrest in July of 1984 for stealing a bottle of wine. He said, I just want to get a little tipsy. Yeah. He was then arrested again in December of 1985 for public urination on a ferry boat. (laughs) He was peeing (laughs) off the boat? Apparently. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Both of these things pale in comparison as to what was coming in march of 1986 his girlfriend gail stewart accused him of assault but may have dropped any charges um as there's no record of the outcome okay the very next month on april 18th 1986 that's my birthday yes but you were you weren't even a twinkle in your parents eyes no, yet not yet what year? 86. <laughs> 1986. No. No. <laughs> I didn't think so. They're, your parents aren't that much older no, than me. No, <laughs> they, they are not. They were not together yet. Well, on that day, he was charged for the sexual assault of another woman in which he had used the alias Jason Michael McGowan. I feel like that's going to come back. It's not. But oh, okay. <laughs> I was just... Showing that he was still, like, even though it's in the same town and he's living as himself as Donald yeah. Evans with his, this live-in girlfriend, Gail Stewart, he still was going around using aliases when meeting new people. Just for fun? And he committed rape under this other alias. Yeah. Like, that's going to stop him from getting caught. Well, so. it is. Because it wasn't him. Well. Do you not understand that? Or this was Michael I committed McGowan. the rape as Jason Michael McGowan, so yeah. how can you possibly convict me? Oh my gosh. If now I'm Donald Evans. Reminds me of um the Waukesha Wisconsin trial that just happened for Darrell Brooks. Oh. Cause he's sovereign citizen. That's not my name. You can't charge me, that's not my name. <laughs> um, but it yeah. is your name just because you're Yeah, it's still you. Still you. 
So pleading no contest to the charge, he was sentenced to 15 years, but was released on parole after just five. Well, it's longer than most rape prison sentences. That is true. It's still not enough, but longer than most. Yeah. After his release, he went back to live with his girlfriend, Gail Stewart. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I I don't want to, like, I don't know. I don't know the situation. I don't know the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a tidbit. According to their neighbor, Joseph Witted, she was a Christian who tried to convert Donald. Okay. Okay. So that kind of gives you why she continues. Yeah. Everything seemed to be going fine until the day that Donald asked to borrow Joseph Witted's car. Okay. Donald ended up uh, stealing Gail's TV and VCR to pawn for money, and he took off violating his parole because he was released. But yeah, he, you're still you on still, parole. You're still on parole, so you're kind of supposed to stay put. Unfortunately for Joseph, the neighbor, not only did he lose his car, but he had left a briefcase with important documents in the trunk, including his birth certificate. Oh, no, that's very inconvenient to replace. Yeah, also, like, I know it's 1986, so, like, we used to, I used to carry my social security card around with me because back then they would tell you, well, you might need this for identification purposes, carry it with you. That's terrifying. Yeah, and they also used to put your social security number on, like, everything. They used to put it on your driver's license. Yes, my very first driver's license had... My social security number on it, or at least a part of my social security number on it. Um, so yeah, poor Joseph. Poor Joseph. Well, fortunately for only Joseph, it wouldn't be long before Donald made his way to Gulfport, Mississippi to commit his next crime, which would get him caught. Okay. Now. It's unclear as to when Donald exactly arrived in Gulfport, but it wasn't long after he had skipped town. Yeah. But on August 1st, 1991, he met Tammy Giles, her two children, Beatrice and Melissa, as well as Tammy's friend, Sherry Vincent, and her two children. Tammy and Sherry had just arrived in Gulfport days prior, having fled from Maine to get away from Tammy's abusive husband. They were looking for work and unable yet to afford a place to live, so they were basically living out of their van. Okay. On August 1st, they decided to park the van at Jones Park to allow the kids to play. That afternoon, Tammy sent her daughter Beatrice over to the harbor shop nearby to ask a man for cigarettes. Unfortunately, that man was Donald Leroy Evans. Mm. He gave Beatrice a pack of cigarettes and followed her to the van where he befriended the ladies, telling them tales of being a former Navy SEAL and a teacher from Texas. You weren't a Navy SEAL. No. You were not a Navy SEAL. No. You are a liar. After chatting for a while, Donner... Donner... Donald offered to purchase drinks for the group and requested that Beatrice go with him. Here's the kicker. Buckle up. 
Okay. This hold on. is honestly for me, this is the worst part of all of this. All right. I'm, I'm speaking ready. about I know the story's about Donald, but like seriously, this is the worst part for me. Okay. Tammy gave them permission to go and they returned after 20 minutes with bottled water, orange juice, and ice. Donald and Beatrice left again to go to a nearby convenience store to purchase diapers and snacks for the kids. Upon their return, Donald suggested that the group have a barbecue and offered to go to the grocery store to buy meat. Now, keep in mind, you literally just, just met, met this, this guy person. at a park. What? Why is, why is he at a park? He doesn't have a child. Whatever. He told the ladies that the trip would take about an hour because he was going to make a phone call to his friend who may be able to help them find an apartment. Not wanting to go, Beatrice asked her mom's friend Sherry to go with them because she did not like riding with Donald. Hmm. Donald refused to let Sherry ride along, and despite Sherry telling Tammy about Beatrice not wanting to go, Tammy allowed Donald to take her daughter for the third time. What? He wouldn't let somebody, he would not let a grown adult go, but you're going to let him take your yeah. child? Strange, Why? right? Seems strange. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. Oh, Lord. This time, Donald did not stop at the store. Shocking. Uh, no, duh. Instead, he drove all the way to Louisiana. And where were they? Gulfport, Mississippi. Okay. So I think they're. I think it's not far from the border, but, but still, it's far. You cross and state you lines. cross state lines with a ten-year-old child. This girl is ten years old. In his confession, once caught, he told police that Beatrice did become worried when the drive was so long, but that he quote deluded her into thinking and believing that they were just taking a longer route. Just before crossing the state border, Donald stopped but only to buy duct tape and ice cream for Beatrice. He eventually stopped at a wooded area in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana, where he brutally raped this 10-year-old girl and then strangled her with a white cotton rope. It's horrible. In his confession, he gives the details, yeah. but come on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not no, going there. No, absolutely not. I'm not going there. No, because honestly, the worst part is if he's willing to talk about it, he wants it talked about. Yeah. So absolutely not. We're not doing that. Donald then traveled back to Pearl River County, Mississippi, where he dumped her body in a wooded area. For the next four days, he traveled throughout Mississippi and Louisiana, cashing checks at country stores. So what did, what did Miss Tammy have to say about Beatrice not coming home? Mm-hmm. We're, we're gonna. They never got their barbecue. Yeah. Meanwhile, it was Sherry Vincent who reported Beatrice missing after Donald did not return in one hour as promised. Not her mother, hmm. but her mother's friend. Sherry had actually memorized his license plate number because she felt so uncomfortable about him leaving smart with one Beatrice. Here. The only smart one here. 
When police ran the plate number, they, of course, find that it belongs to Joseph Whitted in Galveston, Texas. (laughs) So they contact him, and he informed them that he had lent the car to Donald Leroy Evans. The very next day, detectives got a warrant for his arrest on kidnapping, and the FBI became involved since he was a parolee convicted of rape and he now has kidnapped a 10 year old girl when you cross state lines and you cross state lines it's easier probably they placed a tap on gail stewart's phone in hopes that he would call and give some info as to his whereabouts but they also started tracking his location through the checks that he cashed And on August 5th, 1991, Donald was arrested by a sheriff's deputy in, I know I'm going to mess this up. I even looked it up how to pronounce it. I think it's Tanja Bahoa Parish in Louisiana. That sounds right. All right. So he's he's in custody. He's arrested. And what does a con man do when he gets arrested? Oh, he tells the full truth and nothing but the truth. He confessed to raping and killing Beatrice, and led investigators to her body on August 11th. Oh, interesting. Six days after his arrest. Okay, not what I would have thought. At least part of it's the truth, and he led them to the body. So, you know, okay. Here's the ickiest part of all. Ah, I hate this. To everyone's horror, investigators also found that Tammy Giles, Beatrice's mother, was involved. What? Yeah, she wasn't just stupid. I thought she was just dumb. No. I was hoping she was just dumb. Nope. She had permitted Donald to take Beatrice knowing that he was going to rape her. What? Okay, so, okay, okay. All right, I'm going to let you finish. Police found that Tammy was not just running from an abusive husband, but had a criminal record herself for child abuse. Really? I'm shocked. So, Tammy eventually made a deal with the prosecution and pleaded guilty to felony neglect. She eventually confessed to detectives that she had allowed Beatrice to go with Donald so she could perform oral sex on him for money. I suddenly believe in the death penalty. (laughs) Well... Hold on to your pants. Oh my gosh, is it worse? How can it possibly be worse than that? I, maybe I didn't hear of this case. A, I mean, just for me, this is worse. I don't mean like the... Yeah, just... Okay. <laughs> so a psych evaluation on Tammy showed that she has the judgment of a 10 to 12-year-old And the psychologist testified that she believed that Tammy believed that Donald would hurt them all if she didn't agree to his request. Okay. So the psychologist thought that this was duress on for Tammy. Like she thought. Yes. And that Tammy, basically Tammy's IQ is so low. low. Yeah. Yeah. That she really doesn't have good judgment. She's kind of like a child herself. Okay. Yeah. No excuse, but it does help, kind of. No, I can't. It's just so... Yeah, that that was a rough one for me. It just... I mean, if you say that she has the judgment of a 10 to 12-year-old, like, okay... I interact with 12-year-olds regularly. Yeah, I have 12-year-olds 
they would not they'd be like dude you're creepy like go away <laughs> they would creep they would call the police yeah or they would do something they would try to weird him out to get help kids. yeah knowing my kids they'd be like you don't want this <laughs> i am weirder than you can possibly imagine <laughs> they would be the people whose kidnappers return them because yeah. they have done everything they can to <laughs> annoy and piss them off okay so here's the hard pill to swallow as oh, I said, well, hold on, hold on. I need a second because you've been giving us lots of hard pills to swallow. I know, I know. But this is this is it when it comes to Tammy. Okay. okay. Because she made the deal with prosecution for felony neglect, the judge did give Tammy the maximum sentence. But unfortunately, the maximum sentence for felony neglect is only two years. <gasps> It's only two years? It's only two years. For neglect of a human child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you should be in jail for longer than that if you abuse an animal. I can't believe, well, this was, I don't think this kind of deal would be made today, given how much more people know about, like, child sex trafficking and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But... It's hard knowing what I know today about that. Like, it's hard for me to believe that. Why would you make that deal with her? Why did you make any deal with her? If you had evidence pointing to, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there was a reason why they made the deal, but I can't grasp why they would have made that deal because she clearly had um like an obligation for the safety of the child and made a negative choice in that so she's i mean you didn't need to make the deal she would i mean no jury is going to let I her think, go i think through investigation or the fact that he confessed i mean of course i don't have his confession tape for beatrice was sealed the judge mm-hmm. sealed it good so i don't know I don't know that, you know, I don't know that anybody that's still alive or working in the field <laughs> knows what he said. Yeah. Um, but to me, it doesn't make sense if he confessed all of this. Why would he not confess that? Well, she yeah. told me. And then, yeah, that's just his word. But like, you also have the fact that she didn't report her daughter. Her friend did. Her friend had weird. Yeah, her friend her tried friend to picked go, up on the fact. No. Yeah, it just all of it. There was enough. I think circumstantial stuff that they could have probably gotten there. I'm sure there was a reason, but we just don't know the answer. Yeah. So um, if his confession for Tammy or for um, Beatrice was sealed, how do we know what he said? Where, where was he? Well, the tape was sealed like that. Oh, but like his written confession was. Yeah. I think the written enough of the information came out, like came out in court that sources, I have like a bazillion sources on this case. I have a whole list of them because I had to keep digging, 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 digging. Mm -hmm. And you'll find out why in just a minute. So Tammy goes to jail. Her younger daughter, Melissa, who was just three years old at the time, was placed in foster care. Okay. Now. You're probably wondering, well, he raped a woman, he killed one girl. How did he get the name the Rest Area Killer? I was wondering that, yes. Because this was not a cut and dry case. And it wasn't <laughs> at a it wasn't at a rest area, was it? Uh n- no, not exactly. It was like a p- 
park, but they but talk then, about it the the harbor shop being nearby. So I kind of could wonder. be either. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing that Donald confessed was to more murders, over seventy murders to be <laughs> what? to be more. What a big clear. jump. Okay. He told detectives that he killed people in over 20 different U.S. states while he was a drifter and that most of his victims were women whom he met at rest areas or parks. Okay. If this were true, it would have made him the most prolific serial killer the U.S. had ever seen at that point. Okay. Authorities were being cautious, though, as they had recently been strung along with confessions from serial killer Henry Lee Lucas, who had claimed to have committed over 300 murders in 27 states while a drifter himself. But officials could only confirm three of those, one of which was his own mother. They were also weary because Donald began threatening to quit talking about the murders unless he were allowed to tell the world in his own words, stating he wanted, quote, to get the truth out because there have been misconceptions about how people like me are allowed to slip through the system. Okay. I, I have no words. Yeah. Unsure if he were being truthful or if his con man ego <laughs> was the driving force, they shared what info they had with detectives in the locations Donald claimed to have killed, and investigators were able to match his confessions to two 1985 unsolved murders of sex workers in Florida. Okay. Also, the judge did not seal that confession. They had a okay. separate tape with all those confessions. So it was not sealed, and anybody across the U.S., I think, that was searching missing persons or anything could listen to it to see you know was our location yeah. one of those does anything line up well there were up to 12 other murders or missing person cases that he was strongly suspected for but Wait, all mean, they had was his word his word and some of the details aligned with what they knew in the cases, but some of the details that he gave, like where a body was located, they would go and dig and there was nothing there. They didn't yeah, find it's anything. He's just making it up. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. We don't know. At least not at that point. Donald was to stand trial for the capital murder of Beatrice Giles. That we did know. While awaiting trial in Harrison County, Mississippi, Donald, along with three other inmates, managed to escape prison by threatening a guard with a shank. Uh, so this, this dumbass got out of jail. Yeah, he's the next Ted Bundy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Except, no, he's nowhere near as good looking as Ted Bundy. <laughs> and I don't even think Ted Bundy's I don't that think good looking. Pun I don't think so either. I, yeah. I know a lot of people do. I don't think Ted Bundy's. But Ted Bundy is definitely better looking than yeah. <laughs> Donald Evans. So, he escapes jail. But he was found just a day later, having only traveled a half of a mile from the prison. Oh, my gosh. At least Ted Bundy went further. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like most very public cases, his defense attorney petitioned for a change of venue, but only for jury selection. They just wanted to pull the jury from a yeah, different area. Which I understood that, but I've I don't I couldn't think of any cases mm-hmm. that I've heard where they just like they just asked. I've heard of cases where they ask for change of venue and the judge says, Well, no, you can pull the jury from that. Oh. It's like they say you can pull I the jury. I think they did in Casey Anthony. Did but they? they ended up moving it because the um so they originally did just that. Um I pretty sure now i'm second guessing myself maybe it's oj i think it was anthony though and then the defense complained and they ended up moving it to clearwater right or st p area okay gotcha it was either it was either casey anthony or oj simpson one of them had a different jury selection pretty sure yeah it's been a while since i've yeah read about either of those cases watch now i'm wrong (laughs) well well, it's okay. We're trying. At least you're saying, I think. I think. I don't know. We do what we can. Yeah, we're doing what we can. <laughs> All right. So the trial itself still took place in Harrison County. And on September 18th, 1993, he was found guilty of capital murder and two counts of sexual battery. Donald Leroy Evans was then sentenced to death. He was What state is? Mississippi. Mississippi. I don't think I knew that they had the death penalty. At that time, they did. Definitely at that time, yeah. He was then scheduled to stand trial in Florida for the murder of Ira Jean Smith. Now, this shocked me. I wasn't able to get the court records on that. What? Um, Not just because it's like an older case, but from what I could tell, you have to do like a formal request for records. You can't just... Huh. Search online. That is really weird for Florida because you normally you can just hop yeah. right on official records and. Yeah. And especially, I mean, Broward County is like Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. So I was like, am I missing something? But you could request it be sent to you electronically so that it's faster. But I seriously did not see a search. Huh. For records to pull right up. I always, I always, I can never find records. It always takes me forever. And it's not anything that's wrong with, especially in Florida, because it's where I work. Like, I just, I always suck at finding stuff. Yeah. It is hard, especially working in the field that we do. We don't work all over. Like, we predominantly work in the same few counties. Yeah. I work in the same, like, five or six counties. Yeah. So then when you, have to f- search for something mm-hmm. on a county that you're not used to their mm-hmm. website it's so different yeah so different and sometimes it tricks you and that's when i cry to the attorney please help me <laughs> i did that the other day and it still took her almost an hour to find it so i didn't feel as bad oh it wow. was i was really particular i don't remember exactly how she found it but it was a weird way yeah that's crazy all right so i couldn't Find the records to, like, give more detail on that trial or, you know, whatever. But I did find some news reports, and it turned into quite a circus. Oh, goodness. So, Donald motioned the court with the following (laughs) outlandish requests. I'm so scared. Oh, my God. Okay. And this is a quote. Oh, okay. I'm quoting him because I cannot... 
I can't. Okay. Okay. The defendant moves the court to enter an order requiring the state attorney, clerk of the court, sheriff, and all other individuals to revise and replace the name of Donald Leroy Evans with the honorable and respected name of Hi, Hitler, and for all records to be corrected to reflect State of Florida versus Hi, Hitler, as in H-I, I'm saying hi. <laughs> yes. The South Sun. <laughs> Hold on, she's processing. <laughs> this is when I wish we were video so you could see me just like <laughs> rubbing my eyes trying to understand. Yeah. So first name, hi, last name, Hitler? I guess. So, hold on. Okay. The South Florida Sun Sentinel reported that the courthouse personnel told them he asked for hi, Hitler, because that is what he thought the followers of Adolf Hitler were saying. They didn't, he didn't think they were saying Heil. He thought they were just saying, hi, Hitler. So, oh my, oh bless his heart. Yeah, you can't, you can't fix stupid, can you? No. Then, then. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Then he goes on. Oh no. To motion again. The next motion stated, "Quote: I move to require the state to accept at Broward County Jail one or two white Ku Klux Klan type robes with white hoods." and neo-Nazi armbands so that the defendant can properly wear the said court clothes to all pre-trial and trial proceedings. No essential state policy is or can be served by denying this defendant his right to appear before a jury in civilian clothes of his choice, i.e. a white Ku Klux Klan robe and hood and swastika armband. Sir, what? <laughs> That's not your right. Um, Sir. Oh, so here's Lordy. a little education on common law. <laughs> um, it, it, a common law is based on the what a reasonable person would do. I think it's fair to say a reasonable person. I'm trying to find a legal justification as to why we can tell this man no. Oh, oh well, they, no, they, they. I don't believe that it happened. Oh, I don't think that okay. It was, I thought you were no, like saying like, it, oh, well, they didn't. They gave it to him. I'm like, oh, my gosh. No, I don't think so. There was no, I found no the, evidence We would definitely that. have heard for sure. Yeah, I'm did. sure that yeah. it would have been reported. So here's the craziest part of this. Wait, okay. Hold on. No, pause. Of this request. Wait, okay. I know. As if, well, no, it's not crazy as in he gets crazier. It's just crazy that his attorney... But his poor attorney, God bless him. Was he, like, did he have money? Was he paying this guy? Okay, go ahead. The latter motion is especially baffling because his lead attorney, <gasps> his lead defense attorney no. was Jewish. Oh, my gosh. Not surprisingly, that attorney requested the judge to take him off the case due to Donald's multiple racial slurs and threats made to harm him. So he was a public defender. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so that answers that yeah. question. At one point, he, um, in one of the articles of my sources, 
it talked about how he was to have a meeting and thankfully he had an associate attorney with him Mm -hmm. who was apparently not Jewish. And Donald Evans stands up in front of the door and says, how are you going to get out of here? And the guy's like, uh, and this attorney told the judge, we only, I only got out of the room because the associate attorney basically talked him down. Like he had every intention of hurting me. And this associate attorney talked him down. Wow. Yeah. Holy moly. First of all, kind of jealous that you did this case because this sounds <laughs> like it was so fun to research because this is just insane. I was going to say, does he think? That, like, the people in the prison he's in are not going to hear that this man... He doesn't care. He had already been sentenced to death. So is he, like, in solitary on death row? I mean, I don't know where they kept him in Florida when he came to Florida temporarily to do to have this trial. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, once he goes back to Mississippi... So he's not worried about, like, his, like, life in jail and how people are going to perceive him? Because I don't think it's going to go over well. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. Good. It shouldn't. So I couldn't believe this. The judge denied the attorney's request. What? Stating that he believed Donald is just antagonizing him in order to delay the trial. Okay. But the safety of the public defender is a question. That's my only thing. I understand what he's saying because you're not, you're probably not wrong. Yeah. But still. But if there was a safety concern, then there should have been a change, but whatever. So ultimately, Donald was found guilty for the first degree murder of Ira Jean Smith and sentenced to life in prison. Of course, it didn't matter because that does not override his death sentence in Mississippi. But it matters to the families. Yes. And that's what's important. And you got justice. Yes. So. And he didn't get to wear his, his robes. Mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other sex worker that mm-hmm. they did find evidence that he was part of that, that he committed that murder. I didn't find that any charges were filed for that. Okay. Um, well, it may have, you know, if it's. If the prosecution, if the, you know, if the if the state wasn't going to charge him, it would have cost her family money, and it may not have been worth oh, it to yeah, them yeah, yeah. if he's already being sentenced to death twice or life and then death. Right, and I don't know for certain if, like I said, I can't I can't look up the court record, so, um, I didn't find anything that said like, oh well. We had this much evidence on yeah. one or the other, so my guess is that. This one on Ira Jean Smith was more of mm-hmm. we're hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. This might be more circumstantial. So let's let's just charge him with this one. Absolutely. So like I said, he was suspected in as many as 12 other cases, um, but no other charges were filed as far as I could find, probably because he's already on death row. And yeah, it's- to put in that much time and effort and money to charge somebody that's already been sentenced to death like what I yeah. mean especially for the families for if they were missing persons and yeah you found their body you get that semblance of closure but yeah so flash forward a bit 
And in 1997, Donald appealed his death penalty. I'm sure he appealed before this, but this is when it makes it to the Supreme Court of Mississippi. On what grounds? On a whopping 31 errors. Seriously, it's the size of a book. (laughs) The petition and opinion together is 101 pages. Oh, my gosh. That is ridiculous. So, obviously, we are not going to sit here and go over everything. But the errors he claimed included things like not suppressing Donald's confession due to coercion by law enforcement, multiple issues with jury selection, and even things seemingly small as overruled objections. The Mississippi Supreme Court found that several of the assignments of error were issues never presented to the trial court and therefore are procedurally barred. Yeah. And error, if there was any error, you've waived it because you never brought it up in trial court. They also found that the remainder of the issues raised were found to be without merit and therefore they affirmed Donald's convictions and sentences. So... He's going along in jail on death row, but he doesn't make it to execution. Good. He shouldn't. It's too peaceful a way to die. Yeah. On January 5th, 1999, Donald Leroy Evans was stabbed with a shank by fellow inmate Jimmy Mack while returning to a cell from the showers. Jimmy Mack said, y'all really, you're just going to let him walk, like walk around like this? No. And and Jimmy Mack was not Caucasian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so, I figured not. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. He like, said, really? If you're going to make yourself known as the white supremacist in jail, good luck with that. <laughs> so much fun. No. Yeah. No. I don't get it. Corrections officials refused to comment. On whether yeah, because somebody saw it happen and looked the other way. Uh-huh, because they they were specifically, of course, they were specifically asked, is this due to racism on Donald's part? Like, Donald's racist, and they refused. Yeah. <laughs> they, they weren't touching it. They said, um, I didn't see anything. The Harrison County District Attorney, who was still in place, he was yeah. there, he was the one who handled Donald's case, and he was still there when he died. He is quoted as saying, we don't mourn him. We simply close his file. Go off, King. <laughs> yes. I love it. That's exactly so, how you should respond. That's the story of Donald the yeah. He's like, and shut. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody scan this, shred it, get it out the door. Yeah. And next one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he really we really don't know for sure if he actually deserves the name the rest area killer but he claimed that hey there's all these people and that's where i met them wow so excellent job that's a a very shocking case for a lot of reasons yeah i still can't get over high hitler (laughs) (laughs) it's just so it's like he was trying to be like I, I like look up to this guy and it turns out being very disrespectful. And I think the irony is really good because like, obviously. Yeah. I can't. I, I just, know. I think it was a, a timely end for him. Yeah. 
I mean, I, it is sad because you know he's got, you know, he has mental health, major mental health issues. And, absolutely. But and at I, the same time, he's a douche. Well, yes. But I thought it fascinating that his his request to speak to the media, I didn't go too much into depth with that because yeah. really it's just, it's the same old, same old, you know, yeah. it's his ego. He wants his 15 minutes of fame. And they knew that. I think they knew that. So, like, they were willing to let him speak to media, but then he started demanding extra stuff. Like, yeah. he wanted his girlfriend, his girlfriend, Gail Stewart, was still in touch with him. Oh, my gosh. Really? And he wanted her to be able to come somewhere and be with him somewhere. I don't know. Oh, she was supposed to be able to come with him if they took him physically to go show them where the bodies were. Oh, okay. He's, he just, from what I read, he started compiling a list of demands or else you know or else i'm gonna stop talking about it and so after so many cases of them not being able to confirm where the body was yeah you they're like no we're gonna shut this down yeah and we're very sorry to other people who may have found some closure in this but at least you know he's on death row and yeah he's going he's that's the most we could do, even if we know he killed 70 people yeah. at that point. I mean, so, what are you going to do? So, yeah, I found that interesting, his um, comment about people like him slipping through the system. Because it's true. I was like, Absolutely. well, he's got a point on, yeah. that, on that hand because he was in the military. A lot and of they these knew he guys was crazy. are. A lot of these guys are. And they just went here and released him into the world. <laughs> and so well, he was on as a patient, too, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's just. Yeah. What a case. What a case. I thoroughly en enjoyed, um, especially the ending. So Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Poetic justice for sure. For sure. All right. All right, well. So that's it for this week. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Thank we love you. you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com.